one to our council, Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. I just want to say how impressed I am that you have come out on a snowy day like this. And so thank you so much for making the effort. Uh, before I begin, uh, please reach into your purse or your back pocket or wherever you keep that cell phone and turn it off. We acknowledge that our events take place on the land of the Blackfoot people and Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3, and pay respect to their past, present, and future cultural heritage, beliefs, and relationship to the land. We commit to do our utmost to assist with efforts to mend and heal past and present injustice. My name's Cheryl Bradley. I'm your moderator today. And the talk and the question and answer period will be recorded and available on the SACPAW website. Shaw Spotlight also records the presentations and uses excerpts from the PowerPoint for their daily broadcasts. Our menu today is uh, a warm meal of chili and buns. Uh, which is great for a cold day, I think. If you want a vegetarian meal, please go to the kitchen and place your order, especially there. And the meal costs $14 uh, for students, $5, or $2 if you're just uh, going to have coffee. And please put the money in the bowl on your table and uh, ensure the correct amount is there to be collected at 12.30 uh, p.m. So the format of the meeting, as many of you who've been here before know, is uh, 20 to 30 minutes for the presentation. Then we have a lunch for 25 to 30 minutes, and then there'll be a question and answer period, and we'll finish around 1.30 p.m. Our presenter today is Kathleen Shepherd. Kathleen's a bright, energetic leader in our community who many of you will already know. She has been Executive Director of Environment Lethbridge since 2015. Prior to settling in Lethbridge in 2015, Kathleen garnered 25 years of experience with nonprofit organizations in British Columbia and Alberta including past experience in land conservation and social planning and policy. Kathleen currently sits as the Environment Sector Representative on the Board of Economic Development Lethbridge and as Sustainable Sustainability Director for the Lethbridge 2020 Alberta Summer Games. So she's got her fingers in many pies in this community and we're glad of it. Kathleen last presented to SACPAW in November of 2016 on Lethbridge's Trashy Secret, Making the Case for Waste Reduction. And her topic today, three years later, is a perfect sequitur. She'll be talking about wasteless food, how wasted food costs us time, money, and resources, and what we can do about it. Please join me in welcoming Kathleen.
Thank you, Cheryl, and uh, thanks to all of you who made it out on this not very pleasant day, so I appreciate your courage in coming here uh, today. Um, as Cheryl mentioned, um, I'm the Executive Director with Environment Lethbridge, and uh, in 2016, Environment Lethbridge uh, launched, launched a project called Wasteless, uh, which is really focused on providing um, tools for uh, individuals in Lethbridge to reduce their waste. And so in September we launched phase two of that which was focused on reducing food waste. And uh, that's where this presentation uh, comes out of. And so when we talk about food waste, um, what are we talking about? So we're talking about uh, things that happen on farms uh, where uh, food that doesn't have a market uh, is uh, plowed back into fields. Uh, we're talking about restaurants preparing more food than they can serve uh, and uh, what happens to that food. Uh, we're talking about uh, artificial expiry dates or best before dates uh, that cause grocery stores uh, to landfill food that's uh, perfectly edible. Uh, and we're talking about all of you who might have an old uh, moldy cucumber in the uh, crisper drawer of your fridge uh, that maybe didn't quite make it to the table uh, that ends up in the garbage uh, instead of being eaten. So when we look uh, across Canada um, at food waste, um, there was a report uh, produced about a year ago by an organization in Toronto called Second Harvest, uh, and they're a food rescue organization, and they really wanted to investigate uh, how big is the problem of food waste in Canada. And uh, so some of the things that they discovered is that over half, 58% of the food that's produced in Canada is wasted somewhere along the food chain. And so that, of course, is an astonishing amount of food, 35.5 uh, million tons every year of food. Um, and of that, about one-third, uh, 11 million tons, is food waste that could be avoided. Uh, and we'll talk, uh, I'll talk in a couple minutes about the difference between avoidable and unavoidable food waste. And so to put that, uh, so that food waste has uh, a value of almost $50 million, or $50 billion, that's, that's a lot of, of money going into food waste. Um, and so to put that into a weight that um, may or may not be more understandable, uh, that was the equivalent to 95 CN towers. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of food that's being grown but isn't actually making it to anyone's plate. And just to kind of um, quantify that a little bit further uh, in terms of what gets wasted every day, um, so we're looking at almost half a million heads of lettuce, uh, 1.2 million tomatoes, 2.4 million potatoes, uh, three quarters of a million loaves of bread, uh, 1.2 million apples, uh, half a million bananas, a million cups of milk, uh, and almost half a million eggs. Um, and so you sort of start to visualize this, this mound of food that, um, that we have available to us that, uh, that we're not eating. Uh, so when we talk about food waste, we kind of break it into two categories, uh, avoidable and unavoidable. Um, and avoidable food waste is the food waste that we're, we're most concerned about. Avoidable food waste is food that is edible but is still ending up in the garbage. Uh, and so that includes leftovers, it includes the cucumber in the bottom of your fridge, uh, those kind of things. Unavoidable food waste is sort of food waste byproducts, if you will. It's eggshells, it's uh, bones out of meat, it's, uh, it's some of these other, other things that we aren't necessarily going to eat but are still um, organic material that uh, probably ends up in the landfill or somewhere else. So when we start to um, break that down, what it looks like is we have 
32% of the food waste uh, that exists is avoidable and could be recovered and eaten at some point um, along the way. And so that breaks out uh, into different aspects of the food chain. Um, and one of, the, one of the things I'll talk about a little bit later is there's sort of this, um, I think a lot of people have a belief that it's, it's not happening in people's homes as much as it's happening at other, in other places. Um, but households are the second biggest contributor to food waste at 21%. Uh, manufacturing is the largest, uh, then followed by hotels, restaurants, and institutions. Institutions includes things like hospitals. Uh, retail, production, and then distribution uh, is at the bottom with 5%. And so why should we care about food waste? Um, there's kind of three, three main reasons. Uh, the first one, and the, perhaps the one that uh, Environment Lethbridge is the most concerned about, uh, is that food waste has an environmental impact. Uh, and one of the things that happens when uh, our food waste goes into the landfill is uh, it decomposes without, without, excuse me, without oxygen, uh, and that releases methane. And methane is a very potent greenhouse gas. Uh, it's uh, somewhere between 25 to 86 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Uh, so removing food waste from the landfill has a very positive impact when it comes to climate change. Uh, and estimates are that um, food waste is generating over 22 million tons of avoidable CO2 um, in Canada every year. And when we look at the food industry, uh, we hear a lot about uh, carbon footprints from different aspects of the food industry. Uh, you know, beef producers in particular come up quite often. Uh, but 60% of the food industry's carbon footprint comes from food waste. So it's a big problem uh, in this regard. Uh, and the other side of this is water. Um, growing food, uh, growing vegetables takes a lot of water. Uh, and if we're not eating that food, we're basically wasting that water on, on food that's going into the landfill. Uh, so in Canada, Canada, the estimate there is that 11 million tons of water are wasted every year uh, just through food waste. Uh, the second reason we care about food waste is perhaps the one that people think of the most, most often. Um, we, have, we have hungry people in our community, we have hungry people in communities across the country um, who aren't getting enough to eat and yet we have this surplus of food that is going into the landfill. And so um, just looking at the amount of food we waste every year would feed every person in Canada for five months. So that is not an insignificant um, amount of food. Uh, and the final piece is, is about money. And so the cost of uh, food waste throughout the food chain uh, is equivalent to over $1,700 per household per year. Um, and so that you see that not just in the food that you buy that you then don't eat, but you also see that in the increase in food prices that occur because more food is being produced than is actually being eaten. Uh, so what does this look like um, in the production chain? So hope you can read those little labels underneath there. Um, basically, there's five components uh, to the production chain. Uh, food is produced, grown. Uh, then uh, there's handling and, stor and storage after it's harvested, processing and manufacturing, distribution retail, and including hotels, uh, restaurants, and institutions, and finally, household consumption. Uh, and so when we sort of look at this, we talk, there's a little bit of a difference between food loss, which happens at the beginning of the food chain, uh, and food waste, which is more of a deliberate discarding act that happens um, in the uh, final two stages of the food chain. For the purposes of what I'm, I'm presenting here today, I'm just using the, the term food waste as kind of a blanket um, term, but um, 
in the, in the food world, there is a, is a bit of a difference. So food production. Um, why do we waste food on farm? Why does food get w wasted there? Uh, one of the big things is aesthetic cr criteria. Um, farmers, particularly when it comes to things like produce, um, are given criteria about um, what the food they grow has to look like in order to, to make it to market. Uh, and in some cases, those are um, extremely strict controls about, uh, you know, we've heard, heard stories about um, curves on bananas have to be a certain, certain style and things like that, but it's also about sizing for sorting, uh, sorting equipment and, and things like this. And so a lot of that stuff doesn't even make it off the farm because the farmers sort it out before it even, even gets that far. Uh, one of the others is around crop demand uh, and inaccurate forecasts. So farmers will plant a crop, presumably in the spring, by the time it goes to market, there may not be a demand for tomatoes or what have you uh, in the same way. Uh, prices can also change throughout the season. And so if the um, price that the farmer receives is less than it costs to produce the product, they're not gonna, they're not, it's not gonna be viable for them to take it to market. Uh, there can also be a misalignment between the crop variety and the market. And so the best example of this is certain types of tomatoes are used for tomato paste as opposed to the ones that make it on your plate. Um, if that doesn't align with the market, uh, those crops will be lost. Uh, and then we get into things where um, a lot of the harvesting of, of these products, I think um, of fruit harvesting in the Okanagan, for example, uh, is done by temporary and seasonal for, uh, workers who uh, are coming into Canada to do that work. And if those rela uh, regulations change, um, that uh, reduces the labor pool that's available to harvest those crops and, and may result in crops uh, not, not going to market. Uh, the second uh, piece is the processing and manufacturing. Uh, and I've sort of combined these in terms of where the loss happens. Uh, but we're looking about 20% uh, of food waste occurring in the processing side and another 23% on the manufacturing side. Uh, and again, um, everything gets graded as it goes into the manufacturer um, and they reject the items they don't want, whether they're, they're too small or they're not, not ripe enough or, or what have you. And there often aren't secondary markets for those foods. So once it gets uh, rejected, it's pretty much wasted. Uh, again, inaccurate forecasting, um, trying to predict consum consumer trends on these things uh, can be tricky. Uh, there can be inefficiencies in the processes. So, um, you know, your machinery breaks down and, and you lose a batch of something or um, you have new workers who aren't trained properly and, and things get lost in the process that way. Uh, date coding uh, is a big deal and I'll talk about that uh, a little bit in the household section as well. Uh, but manufacturers uh, put uh, dates on their products for when they are basically the most fresh and they're very conservative about those dates. Um, but at various points in the chain, if that date is approaching or if that date has passed, those products will get pulled uh, and they'll be, the, that food will be lost. And the final piece is around packaging. And this is where we see some tension between the, um, the waste discussions around things like reducing plastic and the food, wa food waste discussion. Um, and we so we have things like you go to the grocery store and your cucumbers are wrapped in plastic. And the reason they're wrapped in plastic is because they keep significantly longer uh, when they're wrapped in plastic than they do uh, if they're not. And so uh, there's this um, piece between is it better to have the plastic or have the food waste? Generally the food waste is a bigger impact than the plastic that goes on to things like cucumbers, but it's, uh, it's really hard as a consumer to know when, when that's beneficial and when it's, when it's not.
Uh, distribution, um, this is the smallest uh, place where uh, food waste happens, um, but this can happen due to things like uh, incorrect storage and handling. It can also have things like equipment failures, uh, refrigerated trucks break down uh, and you lose uh, whatever food you lose there, or a shipment is delayed because of bad weather um, and food uh, can potentially get lost that way. Um, or um, not even just because things spoil, but because things, again, past their best before date and then are no longer saleable. Uh, retail, uh, so best before dates um, are a big deal, of course, in the retail environment and consumers shop for best before dates, I think. Um, people pay close attention to that. Um, and one of the things that can happen at the retail environment is that retailers can basically collect the food that is either approaching or has exceeded its best before date and send it back up the, the, the chain, back to the producers. Uh, and so they're sort of a, a little bit ducking responsibility for how those dates uh, work out in their, in their stores. Uh, partially filled shelves is a problem. Um, we all, we've all been to the supermarket and, and something's almost sold out and you're sort of like, well, there's the last one. Do I buy the last one? Um, and so there's this pressure on the stores to keep their, their shelves overstocked so that they always have that 100% uh, full shelf. Uh, produce aesthetics is a big one. Um, you know, people are less likely to buy things that are slightly misshapen, that are slightly bruised, that, that are all this kind of thing. And um, a cascading effect on this is that people will pick through and then damage produce that's perfectly good looking for that perfect uh, peach or, what, or whatever you have. Uh, and again, ex excess stock is a big deal at the retail uh, environment. Uh, hotels, restaurants, and institutions. Uh, this is where we see things like plate waste, uh, prep waste in the kitchen, uh, and then menu design. Particularly, this goes to institutions where you may not have a choice of meals in the hospital, and so a lot of food goes uneaten because people are, um, are just given uh, meals without any consideration of what they actually want to eat. Uh, and then in the household. And so here we have things like throwing out leftovers, uh, which is a big culprit. Uh, discarding food because it's past its best before date without actually checking to see um, if, if that food is still good. Uh, and then just purchasing too much food and not being able to eat uh, everything that's filled your fridge. So when we look at household food waste, uh, this is kind of how it breaks down to. This is, these are the things that are most often thrown away. Uh, in households, so vegetables are the big culprit. Uh, that probably doesn't surprise uh, anybody. I think uh, anybody sort of thinks of the cucumber or the, the lettuce or what have you. Uh, and fruit is right behind that. A lot of people are surprised by leftovers um, being, a, being such a big component. Uh, and then things like uh, baking, dairy and eggs, meat um, have a, a lesser overall percentage, uh, but some of those things have a higher footprint in terms of the resources that go into them. Uh, so even though the number of items being discarded is not as high, their impact can be just as high. Uh, and just for other, that includes things like flour and cooking oil and, and sort of those sorts of um, materials in the household. Uh, so what does that look like in Lethbridge? Um, so it's really hard to get specific food waste numbers um, in Lethbridge. Uh, the, the staff at the city do a great job of tracking uh, waste, but they don't break it down quite that finely. Uh, but we do know that um, now that curbside recycling has come in, uh, about 57% of the waste stream is organic material. So that includes both yard and lawn waste and food waste that is uh, going uh, into our waste stream. 
And sort of on the other side of it, um, on the food security side, um, we have almost 15% of University of Lethbridge students saying that they are, have gone an entire day without food. And so we know we have um, food security problems within various populations uh, in our community, and yet we have food that is going into the landfill. Uh, so when it comes to reducing food waste, um, we kind of look at a hierarchy. Um, and the number one thing we want to do is we want to reduce the overall amount of food waste. Uh, that's the, the best thing we can do is we can, we can buy less food, we can eat the food um, that we do buy. Uh, the second thing we want to do is we want to feed food to people. Um, this should sort of, so, sort of be the logical uh, first step after, after we re we've reduced our waste. Uh, following that, we want to feed livestock and animals. Uh, then we want to look at things like renewable energy and compost. Um, because taking resources like water, using them to grow food, and then taking that and turning it into compost and energy is not an efficient use um, of overall resources. And then obviously the last uh, worst option is to simply dispose of food waste and have it go into our landfill. Uh, so what are some things that are happening locally? Um, and I just pulled just a handful of examples to look at. Um, one of the ones is LA Chefs, which is the catering, um, local catering company. Uh, and they make an effort to donate all their excess food and their leftovers to Streets Alive. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how complicated this is for them. They're, not, they're a little bit different than a restaurant in that they probably don't have a daily food waste stream. Uh, but they've sort of made this extra effort to, uh, to make sure that their food is going to feed uh, people in our community. Uh, the second one I want to talk about is the co-op community kitchen, and this is a little bit different. Um, this is hosted by Interfaith Food Bank. It's a um, fully commercial grade kitchen that they have um, opened, I think, about six months to a year ago. And it's available for anyone who wants to come um, and prepare any kind of food. So if you don't have kitchen space to do canning, this is a place you can do that. If you want to get together with a bunch of your friends and do bulk food preparation, uh, which can be a way you can um, sort of save on food waste, uh, this is a place um, available for that as well. Uh, and their intent is to really offer it to the community um, at, at no charge, as long as there's no commercial outcome, um, as long as the initiative is related to food security and their own programs. So it's a great resource uh, for our community that I suspect is probably underutilized. Um, I want to talk about um, Flash Food, which is a new app for those of you who, uh, who have a smartphone. Um, and this is something that the um, Loblaws chain has sort of adopted more fully than sort of the others. But basically this provides an opportunity for um, supermarkets to take food that is about to hit its best before date um, and offer it at usually a, at a minimum 50% discount. Uh, you can purchase it online through the app and then just go to the store and pick it up. And so they have everything. They have boxes of vegetables. Uh, yesterday it was like peppers and tomatoes and potatoes and onions for a box for $5. Um, but they've had yogurt and croutons and cheese and uh, meat is, is frequently on there, you know, a couple days before its expiry. So it's a really great way to both get a deal and also uh, to prevent some food waste. 
Uh, Loop um, was something that came to our attention um, a couple weeks ago. This is a BC company that works to kind of bridge the gap between retailers, uh, food banks, and farms. And so they divert, divert food um, from retailers, um, ideally to food banks first, uh, but if that's not an option, then to local farmers who are using it to um, feed livestock. Um, a lot of this information gets held really, really close. A lot of the supermarkets don't like to talk about sort of their proprietary information. Um, Loop says they are active in Lethbridge, um, but that's as much information as we have in terms of which grocery stores they're actually, actually dealing with. Uh, so just a few myths. Um, we've been doing some tabling over the past uh, couple months out in the community talking to people. Um, this is probably the number one thing we hear, we don't waste food. Um, and so either, either Lethbridge is, is really doing well, <laughs> um, or, but 63% um, of food waste is avoidable. And so we know that that waste is coming out of people's homes and, and going into um, the waste stream. So whether it's uh, carrot peels or uh, bread crusts or things like that, um, there's, I, I think there's always room for improvement. Uh, we hear this quite a bit as well. We don't waste food, we compost. Um, and so um, this is one of those things where composting is great. Composting is better than sending it to, to the landfill. It's still food that is not being eaten and not being used for its, um, its final um, or its best use. And then this one, which I, I touched on a little bit, which is restaurants waste the most. Um, by percentage, they do not waste the most. And I think part of that uh, perception, it comes to plate portion size. Uh, we've all been to the restaurant where you take half your food home because uh, the portion size was so large. Um, and, and there's a bit of a question of, you know, is it, is it your waste then or is it the restaurant's waste? <laughs> um, but the reality is the majority of the waste is coming out of um, our own homes uh, compared to restaurants. So I just wanna talk about best before dates. Best before dates are not expiry dates, except for baby formula and meal replacements. Best before dates are the manufacturer saying, it tastes fantastic up until this date. Um, after that, we have no promises about how it will taste. Uh, and so I think it's really important to treat best before dates with some healthy skepticism. Uh, use, your, use your senses about um, how uh, good something is and go from there. Another thing you can do is audit your food waste, track what, you've, what you're wasting over a week or so, um, you know, record things before they go into the garbage to get a sense of what types of food you are wasting in your home. Uh, and the final piece is just to put a shout out to our new uh, website that Environment Lethbridge has developed, uh, which is wasteless.ca slash food will take you to um, a myriad of tips about how you can uh, plan, shop, cook, and store in ways that will help you reduce your food waste in your home. Uh, so just a quick summary. Um, food waste uh, contributes both to carbon emissions uh, and wastewater. Uh, the average cost per household is over $1,700 per year. Uh, and we see food waste throughout the production chain, um, from food on the farm right through to when it uh, comes into our homes. Uh, knowing about best before dates and auditing your food waste can help you uh, reduce food waste. Uh, and you can visit wasteless.ca for more information. Thank you very much.